Well, it's good to be with you. It's kind of fun to be all together in one room, all collected here as we're starting the new year. Kind of a little revisit to the olden days here at ABF. Okay, not so olden, just a few months back. Uh, but it's good to be together. Good. Hopefully you all had a wonderful Christmas week and enjoying time with family and friends. And this morning we're going to be talking about just kind of a standalone message. And the idea of this morning's message, we're talking about staying focused, staying focused. It's not the easiest thing to do. Wouldn't you admit to that? Anybody say that you, you'd, uh, if you're going to kind of confess here since we're in church, that you have kind of a hard time staying focused. Any raised hands there? And anybody else agree to that? See, see, I look, how many of you look back there when he said when he said that? So, so ex- exactly that. It's so easily uh, distracted, and if it's not, uh, if there's enough challenges from the outside, I asked him to do that, by the way. So, will I don't want to embarrass you with that. Um, but if it's not just outside distractions, there's plenty of internal stuff going on. Anybody admit to having a hard time even turning off their brain, allowing it to kind of slow down? I have this habit where in the evening uh, I'll be laying in bed and thinking about something and anybody else have a pad of paper or something that you jot things down so you can put it on the piece of paper, turn off your brain, and then go try to go back to sleep? Like It's hard. There's lots of lots and lots of distractions. You probably even... Think about since you've been here this morning, how many things your mind has has gone to about this afternoon, or what needs to be returned, or what needs to what needs to happen in the next coming days, because we're easily distracted. And so the the charge here this morning and our hope and prayer is to start the year with the right focus. We're going to be looking this morning at one of my favorite passages in Joshua, where it's the the Lord just right after. Uh, Moses' death, he's coming to Joshua and giving him some, some directives because he knew that as the new leader of the nation of Israel, he was going to be pulled a lot of different direct directions. And so, so the Lord gives some real specific areas to focus on. And so this morning, I think some of the things that he challenges Joshua as a new leader towards are things that we can glean from. Because if, if you're like me, you don't want to get done with your days and be like, wait a second, my focus was on all all the wrong stuff. I'd spent all my time and my attention going after these things that were non-consequential, that were non-eternal. And so here this morning, we're going to get this charge from the, the, the words of the Lord to Joshua and hopefully gleam some areas to stay focused on here in 2014. Let me pray for us before we dive in. God, we thank you this morning for this chance to be together. And even this topic as I know even as I was preparing that this week, there's so many even distractions in getting to here we, where we're at here this morning. And so, God, we just pray that you'd speak through this text, that these challenges that were to uh, this great man of faith, Joshua, uh, would really speak to us. That something that was written thousands of years ago is still relevant today. The things that you're calling him to, you're calling us to as well. I pray that you'd give us hearts to hear, that you'd just soften us, that the, the chaos of our week and all the things going on would be able to be put on the shelf so that we can hear from you here this morning. That's our prayer. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, the first area, if you guys want to turn with me to Joshua 1.5, Joshua 1.5, the first area that we're going to be looking at, first area of focus, is focusing on his promises. Focusing on his promises. We're going to see that in the text here in a moment. Joshua 1.5 says this. This is again the Lord talking to Joshua. 
and giving some words of challenge. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Let's pause there for a second. This, this first thing that I wanted to draw from the text is something that's, that's important. This is an important thing to do as you're, as you're reading God's word, though, is to be able to identify which things are transferable principles and which things were to a specific person at a specific time. At this, at this point, as the text starts out, he's saying, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I want us to be careful with some things like that because sometimes we can read scripture and try to adopt things for ourselves that you're like, no, that was specifically to Joshua. I don't want any of you walking in a dark alley of Los Angeles and being like, what? Nobody can stand before me, you know? Like, uh, like that, that wasn't specifically given to us. It, it's a challenge. I, I remember one time working at an after-school job at a kitchen cabinet company downtown Chicago in a real bad neighborhood going there after school. And I was going to get a hot dog on one of my breaks and I went to get a, a hot dog at this restaurant and this man came up to me and he's like give me all of your money and I looked at him and I was like but you don't have a gun or a knife and I was just like no no and uh and then he looked at me he was kind of dumbfounded and he just walked away and I was like <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like okay I kept walking and bought my hot dog I only had like six bucks in my pocket but uh but the, the idea of this, a lot of us can take claims like that and adopt them to ourselves, and it is written specifically for that person. That was He's saying nobody would stand before Joshua just like Moses. But the, the truth is, is that there's also in that same section of Scripture, there's a wonderful truth that I believe is transferable. It's found throughout Scripture. We sang about it even here this morning, this truth, and it says this. It says, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. That's a transferable principle. It's also repeated in verse 9. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We see it in the New Testament. What were the last words that Jesus gave his followers? He said in Matthew 28, 20, And behold, I am with you always until the end of of the age, this idea, this, this truth, this thing that we have to cling to, that God has promised to be with us constantly. That really, if you allow that to sink in, like that should rattle our brains a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like to think of Almighty God, our, this loving Father, the one that cared about us so much that he came down and as a, as a baby we've celebrated this past week, lived the perfect life, died as a sacrifice, that, but then has promised to be with us constantly. Think in the past, even past week, how many random places you found yourself, just all over the place. I don't know if anybody's found themselves in a mall. I was at an Apple store yesterday for hours upon hours trying to fix something. Like, they're all the places that you go, anywhere where your feet take you, Almighty God is saying, I'm with you. I'm with you constantly. There's no point that you're ever left alone. That should be, the truth be told, that should be something that, that, that compels us, that gives us a peace that we should be, if you think about it, as believers, and with that simple promise, that should give us a confidence like none other. Like our stress levels should be like minuscule. You're like, what? Father's with me. He's with me constantly. 
And when you start actually taking promises like that and clinging to that and then adding additional promises in God's word together, imagine if you place together that promise, I am with you always, with Romans 8.28, which says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So you take those two promises, he's constantly with you, and everything works together for your good if you love him, it's kind of like, man, like, there should be more whistling and more skipping, like, in Agora Hills, like, us as believers should be some pretty jolly people, right? Like, just those two promises alone. My hope for us as we're starting 2014 is that, that we'd be clinging to his promises. We'd be looking for him and grabbing him and holding on to him. When, as Joe was talking about this morning, when we're going through difficult times, being, man, I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in this. I've loved hearing or seeing dialogue from Jim Liljegren just going through a real difficult time in his health and just saying constantly, just saying, but God's with me. He's faithful. He's ever-present. He's going to provide for me. That kind of mentality, clinging to his promises, focusing on them. The first thing that we see in the text there this morning, continuing just in verse 6, this next area of focusing on his calling, focusing on his calling. Verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that the Moses, my servant, commanded you. Notice in that section of scripture that they didn't leave Joshua wondering what his plan was to do through him. He's very specific. He says to him, he says, you will cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. So after this 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, he's saying, you're going to be the guy. You're going to be the guy that I'm going to finally do it through. You're the guy that I'm going to bring this nation now over a million people out in the wilderness. I'm going to bring them to the promised land. You're the guy. This calling. You got to imagine that 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 calling in his life was a little bit intimidating, right? You're like, but but God, what I've noticed with God, maybe you've noticed this as well, is God doesn't always fill in the blanks on his callings on your life. Have you noticed that? Like, is a lot of times he calls you, and then he's like, don't worry, I'll fill in the details later. For, for Joshua, he, he must have been thinking like, wait a second, but how? When? Where? Like, all those questions. God doesn't usually give those when he's placing a calling on your life, correct? Anybody notice that? I uh, was interacting with a, a gentleman a few weeks ago. His name's Kevin, and uh, I was talking to him. He's uh, in medical equipment sales, and we were chatting a little bit about uh, his heart. He was, he was involved with, where he's going kind of from hospital to hospital, kind of in this sales deal where he's selling medical equipment. But he noticed in these hospitals, how many of them have one of these massive storage areas in the basement or somewhere in the facility where they just have all kinds of medical equipment that once the newer machine comes out or the newer equipment, it just goes into this massive storage like a, like a graveyard for, for medical stuff. And he's like, man, he's like, man, that's millions of dollars of equipment. Like that should be going to help out somebody in a, another country. Or he started investigating. He's like, man, I just need to touch base with one of the organizations that's doing that and, and direct these resources to uh, the right place. And then he started investigating and there wasn't that organization. There wasn't somebody that was taking these, these medical supplies and directing them to areas of need. And he, he sensed on his life, God calling him to be that guy. 
to be that guy, to figure that out. He's like, nobody else is doing it. And there's all these, just tons of hospitals and tons of equipment. So he started this organization that out, out of nothing. He called it Hospital Relief International. And it was so fun just to see as he stepped out in faith and pursuing that. We're going to hear from him in a couple of weeks now because we're going to help out and roll up our sleeves and get involved with this. But as he stepped out in faith, God's filled in the blanks. It's kind of like the story. There's all these, when God says he gives you the chapter title, but he doesn't necessarily give you the words on what it's good, the page is going to look like. And so he filled in the blanks, and God's been doing some awesome things through that. So this, this idea of focusing on God's calling in your life, figuring out what that is. What has God called you? What's he tugging on your heart to do? What is your ministry? I know this past year with making this move out to California, there's a, a lot of transition for my wife and I. And I was just like really wrestling through, God, what is, what is your call? Is this something that you want us to do? I remember sitting down at a, at a conference and hearing a, a speaker by the name of Craig Rochelle. Some of you may have heard of him before. He was talking about this exact topic. He was talking about figuring out your calling and how do you step out in that. And he had a great point. He said, because somebody had asked him, he leads a a church of, I think, like 10 or 15,000 people. He says, man, don't you get nervous with like this much responsibility? And he said, you know what? When you start to live by God's calling in your life, then you step out of who you are and step into God's call on your life. And that changes everything. Because then all of a sudden, it's not in my strength. It's not in my power. It's like, hey, who cares what I'm, uh, what, how I'm going to do it? The question is, is, are you called to it? When you're called to it, God fills in the blank, stepping out of who you are and into your calling. Confidence in the one calling you, not yourself. So my question for us here as a church is, as we're starting 2014, is what, what call has God placed on your life? What is the thing? What is that thing that you've heard in the kind of back of your mind that, that, that tug is like, man, what if you did this? What if God's, what, what if you're stirring towards this, this, this Bible study in your community? What if you're stirring towards this serving project? What, what is your weekly ministry task? My hope is that every single one of us, if we're to ask this in 2014, like, hey, what are you doing for kingdom-related stuff? You should be able to point to things like, yeah, this is what God tugged on my heart. If you're not in that place, man, seeking the Lord on that. Seeking the Lord. We get one pass at this life. We get one run at it. What is the call on your life? Figuring that out, being focused on that here in 2014. The next area, as you continue in that text, focus on his strength. Focus on his strength. The, the repeated times there in that same text, what did it say? It said, be strong and very courageous. In fact, in this section of scripture, that's repeated three different times. Verse 6, verse 7, verse 9. It keeps going back to saying, go back, be strong and courageous. It's not a suggestion. A lot of times we're like, yeah, that's for some people to live that like strong and courageous life. No, it's not a, su- a suggestion. It says, be strong and very courageous. It's not, it's not like a, a lot of times in our culture we hear these kind of self-help things where you're like, find the strength from within. How many of you have heard one of those speakers that you're just like, oh, brother? Like, you're like, but what happens when there is no strength within, when that's not there? What's cool, though, is in God's word is it's a repeated principle that in our weakness, he's made strong. It's not saying dig into our strength. It's to be strong and courageous in his strength. Not our own. How are we doing that with that? 
Is that all the things that we run through our mind of what we're going to do, what we're going to accomplish is like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm able to accomplish that. But when you're actually leaning into his strength, that changes everything. 2 Corinthians 12.10, when I am weak, then I'm in strong. I'd love for us to get in the habit this year in 2014 of just calling out to him more often. I was mentioning that I was stuck in this Apple store uh, for just hours trying to solve some kind of uh, iCloud password something or other. It made no sense to me. And uh, just there and, uh, with these guys that, who, who has a label that says genius on it? You know, like, really? And, uh, and, and so this genius kept sending me to call the Apple tech online. I'm like, I'm here in the store. And, uh, but, but the thing that I was kind of wrestling through when I was uh, here dealing with this genius well, it was, uh, was, 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 wait a second, like, when am I actually calling out, like, hey, God, help me solve this. Help me. I want to do this in your strength, not what I'm able to figure out. It was a pretty convicting thing after hour three in the store uh, yesterday afternoon. Like, what are we doing as we're approaching, as we're, as we're going into 2014, how are we doing with this? Are we leaning into our strength? Are we crying out? I want to get in the habit of just crying out all the time. God, help me in this. Help me solve this. Help me figure this out. Because there's a neat link between those two words, strong and courageous. When we're strong, it's a lot easier to be courageous, right? When we're strong, all of a sudden, man, oh, that, that's no problem to be courageous. I, I remember a, a movie that I watched in the, in the 90s. You may remember this called Billy Madison, which is a really dumb film. And, uh, and uh, the Adam Sandler was the character in this. And I remember the whole premise of him going back to school and going through the, the different grades again. And one of the scenes in the, this movie is him playing dodgeball with all these little kids. And, he, and he's just towering over there and just pelting these kids. It's kind of marked, scarred me uh, since then. But this idea of like when you see yourself as in, in strength, when there's this, this perception of God, strength in your life, all of a sudden it's real easy to be, be courageous, right? All of a sudden that makes all the feats and all the things that are on your to-do list, you're like, huh, that's, that's, that's doable. I don't know how I worked Billy Madison into that, but there you go. Uh, but this, the truth is, is this idea of being courageous is this idea of being uh, 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 full of strength and being courageous goes against the very nature of of us as Americans. If you think about it, like we're in a culture that's all about what? Risk avoidance, right? We're all about avoiding risk. And so courage is something that's saying like, hey, I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out in courage. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to live safe. So many of us have kind of fostered or created this safe Christian bubble world that we have but man, I would love in 2014 for us to be the ones that are stepping out. If there's any word that I would love for us as a church in 2014 to be marked by, the word risk, the word risk, taking risks for Christ. I remember being on a, a, a missions trip and we were serving in a, a small village in Kenya, which was an awesome serving experience. We got to, on one day, we got to go on a, on a safari as kind of a break, a pause in between the 17-day trip and went on this uh, trip to a safari. We're sitting there in this van and it was kind of a neat setup. The van had like a pop-up roof where you could stand up and kind of observe all the wildlife and you're seeing all kinds of cool stuff. And, 
And this, uh, this driver kind of drives you around and tries to show you different cool animals, whatever happens to be kind of out. And this, this particular day, he drove up to this, this cheetah, and it was with its cubs, and it was playing and wrestling. And we got pretty close. We're probably like 20 yards away from this. Just an awesome experience. I mean, we stayed there for like 20 minutes, and he's explaining to us. He says, but don't, don't let their playfulness like, put you at ease because like the most dangerous time for a cheetah is when what? They're with their cubs. They're super protective. And he's saying, like, this is not a time you'd want to mess with a cheetah. Then after everybody had kind of gotten their photos taken, we started to pull off. And he's like, he's like, hey, guys, we've got a flat tire in the back. And, uh, and he said, so all of you are going to have to get out of the van so we can change the tire. And I remember, like, wait a second. You just told us that this cheetah that's, the, what, the fastest animal on the planet, and it's, like, 15 yards away, you want me to get out of what? Like, are you kidding me? Like, this, this step, so, so all of us kind of were clinging right by the door watching him change the tire. Like, it was, it was miserable, this experience of stepping out. But I was thinking about that, and I was like, man, how much of that is, it, it encapsulates us with our walk with Christ, the Christian faith, that we're like, we've learned to kind of stay in that van, stay protected. We're, we're fly, fine with lifting the roof and looking around and checking out and pointing out all the problems in the world around us. But what happens when you actually swing open that door and step out and engage with the world around you when you're like, all right, here we go. Here it goes. This is, this is going to be a, a, a risk. This is going to be a conversation that I know has the potential to derail. I know that this could go really poorly. This risk that I'm about to take could go really bad. But man, I'll tell you what, that's when you sense, that's when your, your heart's racing. That's when you sense God's presence in your life, when he's doing a work in and through you, when we step out and risk. That's what, he's saying to, that's what he's saying to Joshua. He's saying, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Man, I'll tell you, it would be wonderful if, if we got to be a, a community of believers that are like, you know what? I'm just, going, I'm just rolling up the sleeves. I'm stepping out of the van, and I, I'm taking risks this year. I'm going to take risks in conversations. I'm going to take risks in forgiveness. I'm going to take all, this is going to be a year of 2014 risk year. What would that look like? Focus on his strength. I'll tell you what, when it's his strength doing it, when it's his calling, when it's his promises that you're clinging to, it's not as difficult as it might seem. So we continue in the text, one more area of focus, because we can say, let's, let's jump out and take risks. But the truth is, if those risks aren't rooted in God's word, then we're just a bunch of buffoons going whatever direction. You know what I mean? There has to be some kind of focus even to the risks that we take spiritually. Take a look in verse 7, what it says. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Love that section of scripture. What a great passage there. Verse 7 through 8 reminding us to the key to God to our success is God's word. He gives some four practical things. You can see them there in your, your notes. Do not, turn to, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. 
You see, we have this tendency, if we're not careful, to wander pretty quickly. We're wanderers for sure. What do we wander towards? The truth is, is we wander towards a me-centric life. That's what I think the biggest tendency towards us, our, our wandering is, uh, is this wandering towards a me focus. Me, me, me. We're wanderers. We're wanderers. I, I remember used to seeing the, those uh, parents with kids on the leash. Do you remember these? You'd, sit, you'd be going to like the mall or the airport and like this kid just going all over the place, but it's got like the zip thing that kind of pulls them back. And like this idea, I'm like, man, that captures so much of, of what we are as Christ followers. We're, we're just wandering from one thing to the next. It's saying here in the text, staying focused on God's word, on what he's established for us. Do not turn from it from the right hand to the left. Not depart from your mouth. I love that challenge. Does God's word make it into your everyday conversations? Does it, is it, is it kind of are our conversations, are we just so focused on the superficial or do we actually move towards talking about spiritual things? I, I love this about uh, Bill Barry. He's our uh, elder chairman. He'll regularly just shoot me an article or something that he's been blessed by, by from, from something from his devotions. Like I love to have those kinds of relationships. I would love to see our life groups to engage with each other with things that, man, God's doing this. This is what I read, like sharpening each other through staying and allowing it to be not departing from your mouth, resolving this year to share what God's teaching you in his word. And it says there in the text, it says, not depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. The truth is, is that we're forgetful people. We have the tendency to, to hear something, and then this afternoon you can be like, hey, so what was the, the sermon about? Well, something about focus. And so, but this idea of meditating on, on a day and night, this idea we're, we're trying, we're going to introduce here in January, we're going to give these uh, helpful little uh, clipboards that you guys can keep. Uh, we're going to start doing the, the notes from the sermons and uh, having a three-hole binder and allow you to have some things that you keep adding those over the years, something that you can go back and, and go over and reflect on. I would love these to not just be like, uh, what kind of crazy stories are you going to tell about a cheetah this week? I'd love it to be something that we actually seek the Lord and see what is God stirring from this text in Joshua? What is, it, what is he moving me towards? How does he want to convict me and compel me towards change? The hope is, is to start, allow those things to simmer, to meditate, to share something. When there's something that God convicts you of, to be sharing it with somebody, to, to confess something, to allow this word to transform us. It's only going to happen through meditating on it. This last one that it points, out to, or points us towards in the text, it says this, and this is very closely linked. It says, be careful to do all that is written in it. Do, there's definitely a do piece in this whole following Christ and studying his word. There's an element of, hey, let's not just allow it to build up to our head knowledge. There needs to be a do element. And what does it say, what does it say in the text to do? This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. What is it referring to? This book of the law. What is the, the, the book of the law? Is that just everything? At this point in the, in the game, like there's not that much of Scripture written. The book of the law, the law that it's referring to would be the Ten Commandments. 
I was thinking about that with our kids. We did a little exercise, even with uh, our in-laws and my in-laws in town. We were just calling out, hey, who can name all 10 of the Ten Commandments? And we were trying to list them all together and hearing my, my little daughter being like, thou shalt not covet. And I was like, do you even know what covet is? And, uh, and just this exercise of making sure that we are living, getting back to some of the basics. I feel like we don't, in church world, talk about the Ten Commandments enough. I was reflecting on them this week. This idea, the first one, you shall, not, you shall have no other gods before me. Success, power, possessions, nothing else before him. You shall not make for yourself any carved image. The love, of, we don't necessarily make models or things that are making images, but the love of things. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Guarding our tongue with that. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Finding times to rest. Honor your father and your mother. Even as adults, you shall not murder hurtful words and grudges. You shall not commit adultery. Jesus warns of what happens in your mind is linked to that. You shall not steal, cheating, or taking shortcuts. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, talking behind their back, exaggerating, not having all the facts. You shall not covet other people's stuff, other people's opportunities, other people's abilities. These are, these are the things, these are getting back to the core of what God said. Man, we need to be about this. We need to meditate on these things. Are we actually doing that? What would 2014 look like if us as a church are just like, well, we're just going to get back to the Ten Commandments. What if we just got back to that? Like, How could God do an amazing thing in and through us this year? Well, look what it says, though, what happens when we do that. It says, for the, then... When we do this, when we don't turn from the right to the left, when we don't depart, let it depart from your mouth, when you meditate day and night, when you're careful to do all that's written in it, it says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I love that truth there is this idea that there's an ownership piece for then you will make your way prosperous and successful. There's a, there's a responsibility. This idea of God's word isn't just a suggestion. It's like, hey, this is the best way to live. This isn't just like, hey, if you feel like it. This is like, hey, trust me in this. When you live like this, you're going to be prosperous and successful. And not by the definition. A lot of times preachers define success and prosperity the same way that our world does. No, no, not that limited perspective, not that worldly view, but prosperous and successful in God's eyes. Living When, when, when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's not just the, the way to heaven, he's the way to live. He's the way to follow. When you start living out these principles, even the Ten Commandments, that changes everything. When you're wondering, when you're like, man, why do I keep running into walls? Why do I feel like I just keep failing? Maybe this is the root of that. Maybe this is the root of that, is that we're not living by his commands and his directives. So my hope is this year that, that, we, that we get focused. A lot of us are going to be like, man, but there's so many distractions. There's, there's so many things tugging for my attention. You're You're right. You're right, but, but what does it say in, in, in this text? Be strong and courageous, and in his strength, you can do this. You can resolve even right now here this morning. You're like, you know what? I'm going to resolve to focus on some of these things. I'm going to get more serious. What if you just picked one of them? What if you just picked one of them? Okay, I'm going to get more serious about meditating on God's word. What if that was the one thing? 
2014. To see what the Spirit's leading you, what He's prompting you towards. Getting focused on one of these things. Focusing on His promises. Focusing on His strength. Focusing on His calling. Maybe that's your thing in 2014. Okay, I've been on the sidelines for way too long. What is God calling me to do? What is He stirring? I'd rather see people that are rolling up their sleeves doing something rather than just saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. Like, What would it look like if this year was a year that was marked with risk that we're like, you know what? I'm just going to go gun blazing, and where it lands me, it's going to be it's going to be an adventure either way. I don't know. I'm excited about this possibility and what this text could do in the life of this church if we actually allowed it to move us towards a focus in 2014. Let me pray for us. God, the one thing we acknowledge in all of this is that we can't do any of this apart from you. We can't stay focused. We're so easily distracted. But God, you can help us. You can help us set goals. You can help us find accountability. You can help us put action plans in place. You can help us do all this. You can help us resolve even here this morning to get more focused on you, on your word, on your strength, on your promises, on your calling. God, I just ask for that now. I pray for that even in my own life, that, that this would be a year that's marked with that. That's marked with risk, but not just random risk, risk that's rooted in you, that's rooted in your calling. God, we're so thankful that even words written to a a leader in Israel a couple thousand years ago, that you're still using that to transform us here today. And we actually ask for that even now, that you would transform us more into your likeness. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, my prayer is that this would be a year that's focused, that as a church, we're focused on some of these things we even addressed here this morning. Before you leave this morning, if there's something that we can be praying for you about, we have some elders that are going to be available here at the front of the the service. And if there's, I wanted to just, if there's anything health related. So if there's something health related that we can be praying about, I've heard a lot of different stuff in the last couple of weeks related to that. We want to pray for you regarding that. Otherwise, I pray you have a fantastic New Year's and we'll see you guys back next week as we start the month of the family. God bless you.